Hello sons of God. Welcome to our today's teaching. I am Josephine Hill. I believe your heart is ready to learn of what we are about to be taught by the Spirit and I believe this truth will transform you and make you free and I believe once you receive this truth as well you won't keep it to yourself kindly share share this video share the teachings that you grasp even share the links to the channel so that many more can learn the truth so welcome today I want us to talk about the resurrection of the dead and the glorification of the church I'm sure you have seen there is so much debate on Facebook on the rapture you know many teachings about the event called rapture but then I want us to look at the truth as written in the scripture and as testified by the Holy Spirit there is the resurrection of the dead and the glorification of the church so what is the resurrection of the dead now I will use the example of Lazarus you remember Lazarus the man who had died and Jesus went to resurrect him the conversation between Martha and Jesus is very important today it will help us understand what the resurrection is so turn with me to John 11 John 11 let's read from verse 17 so you can remind yourself of the story so from verse 17 he says so when Jesus came he found that he had already been in the tomb four days we're talking about Lazarus here now Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles away and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother now Martha as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming she went to meet him but Mary was sitting in the house now Martha said to Jesus Lord if you had been here my brother would not have died but even now I know that whatever you ask of God God will give you this is Martha speaking then Jesus said to her your brother will rise again now imagine these words your brother will rise again so what comes into mother's mind she says I know that you'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day listen to what mother is saying I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day so it is Martha who introduces the notion of the resurrection an event you know and a day the last day these are these are mother's words and if you learn the teachings we have today of the rapture they're actually based on this they make the rapture like an event on a specific day this is the mind of Martha Martha was a person who lived in in religion you know though these were Israelites who lived under the law I don't even know where she got this from but Jesus corrects her in 25 Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and the life so Jesus changes mother's mind from making a resurrection as an event to a person Jesus says I am the resurrection and I am the life he who believes in me though he may die he shall live and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die do you believe this actually the question is do we believe the words of Jesus Jesus said I am the resurrection and the life so what is the resurrection the resurrection is simply salvation the resurrection is when men who are void of Christ believe hear the gospel believe the gospel and come to life now let me take you again in Ephesians let's look at this scripture again in Ephesians chapter 2 Paul says something as well in Ephesians chapter 2 let's begin from verse 4 read with me together and he says but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us 
even when we were dead in trespasses. What does it mean to be dead in trespasses? You see, when Jesus was dying on the cross, he died with all mankind in him. That's why Jesus was called the last Adam. So all mankind died in Jesus. It is well explained in Romans chapter 5. You can check that out. All mankind died in Jesus. That's why it is written, if one died, then all died. So anyone that has not believed the gospel remains in that state of death. Then he says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses. Yes, we were once dead in trespasses. All mankind died in Jesus. Then he says, he made us alive with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up. Now this is the resurrection. And raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now that is the resurrection. Now let me show you again in John chapter 5, Jesus himself talking about the resurrection. In John chapter 5, I hope you are following with me. We must understand what the resurrection is. In John chapter 5, Jesus says from verse 24, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word, which is now the gospel we preach, for we preach Christ, and believes in him who sent me, has everlasting life, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. So the resurrection is the passing of death from death to life. So the resurrection is when you are dead in your trespasses, but God has raised you up in Christ by grace. So the resurrection is when you believe the gospel, when you receive Christ because he himself has declared, I am the resurrection and the life. Then he says, most assuredly in verse 25, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who will hear will live. What is the voice of the son of God? It is the gospel we preach. In John 1, John tells us that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The voice of the Son of God, the voice of Jesus is grace and truth. The gospel we preach today, the finished works, what Jesus did for you as man. When people hear this gospel and they believe, they pass from death to life. They pass from darkness to light. They are translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the Son whom God loves. Now this is the resurrection. Paul has explained it to us so well in Ephesians chapter 2. It is very clear. You are once dead in your trespasses, but God in his mercy has raised you up with Christ. Then he has made us to sit at his right hand. That is the resurrection. The resurrection is the salvation. The resurrection is the receiving of eternal life. Because as far as God is concerned, any man not in Christ is dead. Even though they are breathing in and out, they are dead because the standard of God for life is Christ. That's why in Colossians 1 from verse 27, Paul tells us the mystery that had been hidden from ages all through Genesis from the very beginning, the thing that God always wanted is for Christ to be in men. That's why he says Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now the, the, rece the receiving of the Christ to be in you is what is called the resurrection. So if you are in Christ, you're already resurrected. If you are a believer, you're already resurrected. You are no longer dead, you are alive in Christ. You have passed from death to life. You have passed from darkness to light. That is the resurrection. Has it been fulfilled? Yes, every single day, men are being resurrected. Many are hearing the gospel and believing it. So this is the resurrection. I hope it is clear. Now I want us to move to the second part, which is the glorification of the church. Now, 
Let me show you in Ephesians 1, there is something very important we need to see. You know, after we got resurrected, after we pass from death to life, after we believe the gospel, so what is next or, or is there anything else that remains? In Ephesians 1.13, there's a very important scripture I want us to see. Ephesians 1.13 and 14, very important words that Paul speaks to us. He says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, now the gospel of your resurrection. In whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So, when you received the gospel and you believed, God responded by sealing you with the Holy Spirit. So, what is the sealing of the Holy Spirit? Or what did God mean when he sealed you with the Holy Spirit? This is what he meant. Sealing you with the Holy Spirit is a, is a promise. It's like a down payment. It's an evidence that, you know what? You will be glorified. It is a down payment for your glorification. He goes ahead to say in 14, Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? When you receive the Holy Spirit, other than receiving the fullness of God, the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the power of God, you also received a guarantee that you shall be glorified. A guarantee that just as you are as Christ is right now, you shall be as Jesus is in the flesh, you know, in, in, the, in the physical, in, in physical manifestation. And we shall see about that. So what is the glorification? Let us go again. Let us go again to... 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You know, when you be, first of all, we must understand, when you believe the gospel, you are resurrected. You know, you pass from death to life. Now, men who are alive are spirits because God is spirit and is life. So you're already a spiritual being. Even though you are clothed in this body, your originality or your, your original person is the spirit. You are, you are a spirit being. But you see, you are a spirit being yet still clothed in this body. This body is, is this body dies. This body expires. So it means there is something that is yet to be done for you to be, you know, perfected like physically, completely perfected to be as God. Now, in now we are about to read, but I want us to understand. Paul explains to us very well in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We may not read all, it all in details, but he says. Every body or every creature that God has created has its body. It has, it has its clothing. The terrestrial, you know, the sun, the, the moon, each has its own way it was created. So this flesh, this body was created for this. It was created like this. Now you became a spirit. So it means there is a body for the spirit. There is a habitation for the spirit. Now let us read together. Let us just read. We might read um, more verses, but I want you to understand because they are very clear. Uh, let us go to 1 Corinthians. Let's begin from verse 20. He says, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now, the, the kind of sleep Paul is talking about here is the physical death for a believer. When a believer dies, what we call death. In fact, we call it sleep because it is not death. Because they will rise again. Because even though they are asleep in the flesh, they are awake in the presence of the Lord. So that's why we always say, death is unto an unbeliever. When a person dies without Christ, they are dead. There is no hope for them. But when a believer, a man in Christ dies, we call it sleep because they are just sleeping. They will again put on 
you know, they will again put on the spiritual body because in them there is a seed of life, the down payment that they received when they believed the gospel. So he says Christ is the first fruit. Why? Because Jesus is the first man that died and resurrected. And we all know when Jesus died and resurrected, he didn't resurrect the same way. We shall read about the body. We shall read about the body that he resurrected with later on. Because we see when he resurrected, he was able to move into places without even walking, would just appear. So it tells us something about that body. And that is the body that we, shall, we, we are considering when you talk about the glorification of the church. The glorification of the church is simply the church, you know, the believer, the man in Christ, putting on the spiritual body. The body that does not die, putting on immortality. Let's continue reading. I don't want us to read a lot. Let's see. In 1 Corinthians still verse 20. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. We explained very well the resurrection of the dead. The resurrection of the dead is salvation. Salvation came through Jesus Christ when you believe the gospel. For as in Adam all die, so even in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming. Now this is where we need to understand so much what Paul meant or what it means in his coming. Because the same Paul explains more what he says. We shall see it. Let's just follow. Then he says, then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father. When he puts an end to all rule and to all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all, on, all enemies under his feet. What Paul is talking about now, is it fulfilled? Yes. The end of age. You know, so many times we talk about the end is coming, the end is coming. The end was the end of the law to the beginning of grace. Because the beginning of the grace was the beginning of the resurrection. Is when men started receiving eternal life by faith in Jesus Christ. Is when salvation began. So that was the end. The end of the age was the end of the dispensation of the law for the beginning of the dispensation of grace. Under grace, we know that it began simply by Jesus defeating Satan completely. For he fulfilled the law. He fulfilled all that pertains to death. Jesus himself died as the wages of sin. He nailed death. So he put Satan under his feet. Let me just show you something. We'll come back to this so that you can know that Jesus completely finished that. In Ephesians chapter 1, today we must understand this thing very clearly. In Ephesians chapter 1, let us read verse 20. He says, let's just read from verse 20. He says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. This is the same Christ who resurrected far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age which is to come. See what he says again. And he put all things under his feet and he gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Jesus Christ is already reigning. You know, Jesus Christ is not defeated. He's already reigning. Why? Because Satan is defeated. The law was defeated and fulfilled. There is a time that law used to reign. Now that age ended. In this age, it is grace and truth that reigns. So Jesus is seated far above. The enemies of Jesus, which is death, Satan, and the law, they are under his feet. So whatever his Paul is talking about is fulfilled. Let's go back to our Corinthians. We are 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where we were just reading. 
1 Corinthians chapter 15 why we were just reading. You know, so he says, a time will come when Jesus will deliver the kingdom to the Father. Did he do that? Yes, he has. He has put an end to death. You know, many times we believe just because people die and they are buried, you know, because we bury people now the physical body, we still believe that death has not been defeated. But we forget that God is spirit. All that he did was spiritual. In fact, it's written, the Lamb of God was slain from foundation of the world. If, we, if, if for us to understand the things of God, we must understand them spiritually. We must understand them firsthand. The problem with us is we see things carnally. God says death is defeated. Jesus resurrecting was the evidence that death is defeated. Did Jesus resurrect? Yes, then death is defeated. Death is destroyed. Death has no power. That's why to date, men are passing from death to life by faith in Jesus. Don't sit there and wait for the day death will be defeated because death has already been defeated. Even if this body is expiring, death has been defeated. The only thing that awaits is for the putting on of the glorified body, putting on immortality. Listen, because death was defeated does not mean that this body does not expire. The way this body is created is to up to a certain time. That is why by faith in Jesus Christ, men will be able to receive a body that lives eternally. Eternal life has an eternal body, which is the spiritual body that we are talking about. Yet death is defeated. We must put on this in our mind, sense of God, that death is defeated. Death has no power over us. If truly Jesus resurrected, then death was defeated. We are living, reigning in the finished works of Jesus Christ. So Paul goes ahead to, to explain. He says what? The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Was the last enemy destroyed? I'm telling you, the day Jesus resurrected, he announced it is finished. You know, he, he, he made it very clear for us that it is finished. Every enemy is defeated because he resurrected. If Jesus never resurrected, then he would say death still has power. But Jesus defeated death. The grips of death could not hold him. The tombs could not hold him. The graves could not hold him. What happened? Jesus resurrected. And the same Paul has told us Jesus is the first fruit. We are following that order. So if Jesus resurrected, we are also resurrecting in the, in the same way, the glorification. So death is defeated. Okay. Now I want us to look ahead for something very important here. I want us to pay attention now to the glorious body. There we were just reading to understand the, the glorification of the body as difference to the resurrection of the, of the dead. The resurrection of the dead. It is the dead who require resurrection. The glorification is for the church. You must have the Holy Spirit. You must be born of God. You must be the body of Christ for you to be glorified. Glorification is not for all. It is for those who believe. That's why I've specified very clearly the resurrection of the dead and the glorification of the church. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians still from verse 35. Let us read this and say, you know, Paul says, But someone will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Now this is the glorification. Foolish one, you, what you saw is not made alive until it dies. It took the death of Jesus for Jesus to wake up in his glorified body. Unless Jesus had died, there is no way he would resurrect, you would wake up with the, with the glorified body. So Jesus was like a seed. And when you plant a seed, it doesn't come up the same way. What you planted is different from what sprouts up. Paul says in 37, and what you sow, you do not sow that body 
that shall be, but a mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. Let's pay attention here. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, and the glory of celestial is one and the glory of terrestrial is one. Pause. God created the heavens and the earth. So there are creatures in heaven and there are creatures on earth. In earth, there are animals, there are plants, there are men. You see, the body we have is not the same body that plants have or, or the, the animals have or those under the sea have. Each has its own body. It is the same way. The things that God has created in the heavenly places, they are creatures, but they have their body to be in those terrains, to be in those places. This body, you know, I am on earth as Josephine because I have this body. The moment I put off this body, then it means I shift to another realm. There's a realm where people without a body are. I hope you understand. So what remains for us as sons of God? Because we are, even though we are in this earth, we are already seated in the heavenly places. We are as Christ is. What remains for us is to put on the glorious body, to put on the perfect body, to put on the body that will put us you know, like we'll, we'll, we'll literally or physically accomplish that which we mean when we say as Christ is we are. We are seated in the heavenly places. It is just the putting on of immortality. Let's read ahead and see. It says, there is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. We understand so far. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, but it is raised in corruption. Now Paul is explaining about us, the resurrection of the dead, the glorification of the church. The body is, you know, the body, he says what? The body is sown in corruption. When a man dies, when we bury that body, it is sown. It is like a seed that is sown. Now this is a man that is in Christ. It's like a seed that is sown. But then this body will be raised in corruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. When I read this thing, just have your mind on Jesus, the body of Jesus. By the time Jesus went to the cross, he was as wasted as possible. He had been beaten, he had been spit on, he had been slapped. There was a thorn of, of you know, there was a thorn of, of thorns, you know, there was a, the, the thing he was wearing on his head, it was, it, you know, it passed through his skull. He had so many wounds. You know, the Bible says he bore sin. He bore our sickness. Now imagine a man who has become sin. Imagine a man who has become sickness. He was thoroughly wasted. The, the face was so distorted. The body was totally destroyed. But I can tell you, the man that resurrected was never similar to the one that they killed, to the one that they crucified. Why? Because the body of Jesus was sown in corruption, but it was, it was raised in glory. That's why when Jesus resurrected, even the Mary, you know, the Mary that was happening to be in the garden looking for him in the tomb, he couldn't recognize him because the man they buried wasn't this one. He, he looked around and he thought that was just a gardener because he was raised in glory. And as we go on, we shall read and see what it really means, how Jesus looked like. John has written for us in Revelation, we'll get there. So we continue a little bit here. Let us read this again. I love this scripture. It says, it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. 
what we have right now is a natural body. Even though we are spiritual beings, we receive the spirit by faith. We are natural, we have a natural body because we are in this earth. To be on this earth, you must have this natural body. But then the time is coming when we shall be all perfected. To be as Christ is physically, when we shall put on a spiritual body. Now the putting on of the spiritual body is the glorification of the church. And this is what we are waiting Every single day it is written, we are groaning in our hearts, waiting for the moment when we shall be glorified, waiting for the moment that we shall put off this body. There is no man in Christ who is so perfected, so happy, so complete in this body. Every single day we are waiting for the day we shall put on immortality. Because for as long as we are in this body, there are challenges we face. We, we, we feel cold when it is cold. We feel hot when the sun is burning. We, we, we fall here and there, we get sick. So many things happen for as long as we're in this body. And so, so many times when these things happen, we groan, we groan desiring to put on immortality, to put on the spiritual body because the spiritual body will, is not affected by the natural things. That's why when Jesus resurrected, he was able to appear to his disciples whenever, wherever. He didn't need to take a boat, he didn't need to walk, he didn't need even to walk on water like he used to. He was just appearing because he had put on the spiritual body, the body that is not governed by any laws of this earth. And that is what we await. What does he say again? Do we need to continue? Okay, let's read again in 45. He says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. We are life-giving spirit. The living soul is the man without Christ. The man that was just created that hasn't received the eternal life of God. He says, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. The first man was made of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And as was the man of dust, so are also those who are made of dust. And, is the, uh, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. We are heavenly. We are, this is what we mean when we say we are as Christ is. You know, so many times we hear people say, I'm just dust. I will go back to dust. That is a lie. That cannot apply to a son of God. You're not just dust. The dust that goes back to dust is the man void of the spirit. Is the man void of Christ. It is the living soul. But you are a heavenly man. You are a man in Christ. Even though you are putting on this body, you are a spiritual being. And you don't go to dust. You have the hope that you shall put on a spiritual body, which is the glorification. And he says, And as we have borne the image of the man of the dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. What is the image of the heavenly man? In John chapter 4, when Jesus was speaking to this woman at the well, he introduced the image of God very perfectly. He said, you know what? God is spirit. He's spirit. I know you have known God in so many other ways to be angry and all those fleshy attributes that you've given to him. But Jesus made it very clear. The God that I've come to present to you, the true God, is spirit. So when Paul tells us we had bore the image of the man of dust, this, this body, you know, this flesh, he says also we have the image of the heavenly man, which is spirit, son of God. Even though you are here in the flesh, even though we have this body, your original identity is spirit. You are a spirit. And spirit men have spiritual bodies. Just because you are, you are hidden in this body, it does not mean that that's it. It means a time is coming when you shall put on immortality. When this body of death shall be swallowed up. When you shall put on your spiritual body. Yes, that day is coming. Okay, 
Now I want us to read a little bit here some more. Let us continue. I believe 1 Corinthians chapter 15 just summarizes the story of glorification. In verse 50 it says, Now this I say, brethren, that the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption and incorruption. Let me make it clear. Paul is saying, the flesh and blood cannot, you know, the flesh and blood cannot be in a realm where spirit should be. Because the kingdom of God is spirit. God is spirit. All that pertains to him is spirit. So flesh and blood cannot be there because flesh is corruptible. So that's why it say, that's why he had explained earlier on, you must put on the glorified body. We must put on the spiritual man. That one must come. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Whenever you see Paul addressing the word sleep, he's talking in regards to the believers, you know, the death of the believer. Let me put those words so that you understand. The death of the believer, it is sleep. So he's talking about physical death. We shall not all physically die. By the time the glorification come, not all believers shall have slept or died physically. There are some who shall be here. Then he says what? But we shall all be changed. Now this is where our hope is. This is our blessed hope. This is why our bodies are always groaning constantly. We desire to put on that perfect glorious body. This is why we are always groaning in our spirit. We want to put on the, the spiritual body. We want to move from this the body of death to the body of life eternal. So he says we shall all be changed. So what is the criteria of being changed? I said in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, the day you believe the gospel, God sealed you with his Holy Spirit as down payment for redemption, as guarantee. So what is the guarantee that you shall be changed if you have the Holy Spirit? You know, so many times we hear teachings of rapture. One will be taken, another will be left. One will be taken here, another will be left there. And we have made it to believe that believers need to live in fear and doubt, you know, that, they, that this glorification may happen and they be left behind. That is a lie. In fact, that is all twisted carnal knowledge which is not true the truth is you are resurrected when you believe the gospel you pass from death to life is that clear any man in christ is alive and resurrected the other truth is you shall be glorified courtesy of having the holy spirit in you when you go to the shop to buy something and you, and you haven't paid the full money usually put a down payment you know a deposit meaning you shall come to bring the other remaining money so that you can take that which you had deposited for it is what Jesus did. Jesus came and chose for himself a people. He has downpaid for them by his spirit in them. Meaning a time is coming when he shall take them to himself like physically. He shall glorify them. When we shall appear with him in glory, we shall see that later on. So the down payment or the evidence or the guarantee that we shall be glorified is if the spirit is in you. It is not because you are fornicating and the other one is not fornicating. It is not because you are one there and the other one was there or you are sleeping in bed too and then... No! The fact that you have the Holy Spirit is a guarantee that you shall be glorified. Whether you will be sleeping, whether you will be standing, whether you will be where, as long as you have the Holy Spirit of God, there is a guarantee that you shall be glorified. When we hear this truth, we will stop living in fear. So many times we tell people, remain rapturable, you know, be keen, watch and pray. All that is religion nonsense. God has already finished his work by depositing his spirit in you. The day that God deposited his spirit in you, he literally meant, you are my son, you are as me. You shall put on this perfect nature that I have, just chill. When the time comes, I will do that. You don't have the right to have fear again. Will I be taken? Will I be left? 
that is we must wash our minds from these lies we must wash our minds from these lies and by the way like i said before the end of the age was in regards to the end of the age of the law to the beginning of the age of grace that end has passed there is no end that is coming even jesus himself said to a person called martha he said what i am the resurrection and the life it is martha who introduced the idea of it, the, the, the resurrection is an event on a certain date jesus corrected him and said it is all about me so the end of the age was the coming of the holy spirit the end of the age was the coming of jesus christ because this is the beginning of the age of the law the age of grace about the second coming so many times we talk about the second coming of jesus but we forget who jesus is who is jesus jesus is god god jesus himself said god is spirit so god has always been spirit the word has always been spirit so what happened he manifested in the flesh flesh was not his original original being he only manifested in the flesh to take care of sin to redeem man and the moment all this was done jesus was glorified back to the spirit in john chapter 17 let me read it for you let us finish with this teaching once and for all so that we can understand everything in john chapter 17 this was the day that jesus was at gethsemane praying before his his crucifixion there's something very important here that he said in john 17 from 4 and verse 4 and 5 he says i have glorified you on earth i have finished the work which you have given me to do what did jesus mean glorifying god on earth jesus came to reveal god to manifest god on earth so people had so many definitions and knowledges of god but jesus came to bring the truth it is jesus who said god is spirit it is jesus who said god shall be worshiped in spirit and truth it is jesus who showed that god is love so jesus has glorified god on earth and then he says what and now oh father glorify me together with yourself with the glory i had with you before the world was did you hear that jesus is the word that was in the beginning with god so jesus has always been spirit because god is spirit and they are one so he only took the form of flesh to deal with sin after which he was glorified i hope it is clear so god has never been flesh god only became flesh for the case of sin dealing with sin after which he was glorified and the same way he was glorified is the same way we shall be glorified which is now the going back to glory remember he says the works were finished from foundation of the world the same paul writes to us in ephesians chapter 1 ephesians chapter 1 from verse 4 some 2 3 4 he says we were chosen from foundation of the world hey i don't know if you got that we were chosen from the foundation of the world so we have always been with god spiritually we manifested in the flesh because of the various purposes and, and other things we had to do on earth okay we shall learn about that more in another teaching so back to first corinthians i hope it is clear i hope you are understanding the glorification of the church back to corinthians chapter 15 first corinthians chapter 15 he said it very clearly we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed so there is hope then he says in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed this is the scripture that has been really misused in regards to the rapture that's why so many days you hear so many people have sat down and calculating the days of the rapture let me tell you something 
it is not our business to sit down and start determining the day that we shall be glorified now that we know it is the glorification of the body that is not our business our business is to reign in this world our business is to to equip each other with knowledge until we come to the full man in stature in Christ our business is for us to manifest the fullness of the godhead in us let me tell you something as much as there is that blessed hope that causes our body to groan for the glorification that is not our focus no one knows the day of the glorification or the hour of the glorification in fact it is written there is nothing like a day of glorification or an hour of glorification or an event jesus himself clarified i am the resurrection so jesus himself also is the glorification whatever it is when the when the fullness of the godhead has come when the fullness of the gentle is is in we shall all be glorified wherever you will be whatever we will be doing the, those ones who will be in the grave because the the body expired those ones who will be wherever we shall all put on immortality and that's all that matters and our focus should not be in determining this date because it is not even a date in the first place there is no date and remember it is god himself who says through peter to him a day is like a thousand years a thousand years is like a day So when you sit down and start calculating and saying, you know, God is coming in the next 10 years, God is coming in the next 20 years, what exactly do you mean? Over the years so many people have sat down calculating these things calling rapture, but the truth is none of them has ever happened. And with time these people have become shamed and even went quiet. Go and study and you'll find out so many people have tried these things and what they they've caused so much pain and havoc in people who are ignorant because there are people whose lives have stopped there are people who have stopped their jobs stopped their ministries stopped so many things because they believe oh the rapture is happening tomorrow that is not supposed to come from the gospel the gospel will never make you feel like that the gospel the gospel will always make you understand that you, through the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace you are reigning in this life the gospel does not bring fear the gospel does not bring uncertainties and doubt no The gospel is peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. There are some things that you listen to and you need to know they are not the gospel. Stay away from teachings that tell you in the next 10 years and the 5 years this will happen. That is a big lie. First of all, they lie against even the word that God has said, you know, a day is like a thousand years or a thousand years is like a day. So how do you sit here and tell people in the next 10 years what criteria or what mathematics did you come up with? That is not our business. That is not our focus. Our focus is to manifest Christ. When the time comes for the, for the glorification, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be glorified. The glorification is simply putting on of the new man. The men who are buried with the spirit, you know, those who are buried but you know they are asleep in Christ, they shall be glorified too. They shall just wake up from their graves like nothing happened because the spirit that they died in shall give life to their mortal body, the quickening spirit. He gives life to our mortal body. This is what Paul meant when he said so. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, you are guaranteed that you'll give life to your mortal body. Even if right now you go and have an accident and your body is crushed, never to be found. No problem. The spirit in you will give life to your mortal body. Even if there was an airplane crash and people fell in the sea and they can't be traced and you are a believer among them. No doubt about that. The spirit will give life to your mortal body. Even if you went to a park and a lion chewed you to to dust No problem. He has already guaranteed the spirit will give life to your mortal body. In the early church there are disciples who died very painful difficult deaths, persecution. They were even fed to animals. But you know those people 
an animal might have fed them but i'm telling you on the day of glorification those bodies wherever they are no matter how they were eaten they shall be glorified back to life the spirit will give them life i'm talking about the spirit who brought this creation into existence there is nothing he cannot do he will give life to any man of christ sleeping or standing he will give life to their mortal bodies and we shall be changed and we shall put on a perfect body and we shall know each other and we shall see each other and there will be no more pain there will be no more feeling cold there will be no more feeling you know heat or anything this all these feelings we have that the flesh will be the end when we shall put on the perfect glorified body so what is this teaching all about this teaching is about you understanding that the resurrection is what happened when you believe the gospel this teaching is meant to make you understand that the glorification is when you shall put on the glorious body and it is not a matter of when and how and where it is a matter of appearing let me read for you again i think we have finished we have finished with first corinthians 15 i believe you've really understood we just finished reading 52 when he says in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet you know so many times people think about the last trump they think it is something that will be blown to make a sound not true we just read in john chapter 5 jesus said a time is coming when people will hear the voice of the son of god the trump is the gospel now let me say this the gospel we preach is the absolute perfect knowledge of christ And if you read in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 he says he has empowered us he has equipped us he has given us various gifts for one purpose to edify each other and to equip each other in the work of ministry so we are teaching each other the knowledge of God until we come to the fullness of the complete man in Christ you know until you are fully 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 you are full of the knowledge of Christ until you know when you get born again you are perfect you are complete in the spirit We don't grow spiritually. We are perfect in the spirit. We grow in the knowledge of God. So we are growing in the knowledge of God to be complete of this spirit, to perfect as in this spirit, you know, to to reach the stature of this spirit in knowledge. So every single day we are fellowshipping, every single day we are learning, every single day we are in this earth manifesting Christ is for one purpose until we grow in that knowledge to the fullness of the man in Christ. I hope you understand. So this is our purpose here. This is our reason here. There is no hurry or pressure of going or being caught up in the clouds. There is nothing like that. There is no one that is being caught in the clouds. And by the way, there is nothing like waiting for the second coming of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus already came the second time. The first time Jesus was on earth, he came in the flesh to die a sin. Is it true? The second time Jesus came, he came as the Holy Spirit. In John 14:18 when he explains about the Holy Spirit, you know, it is good that I go so that a helper can come. Then he goes to say, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you why? Because Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit and he came and he dwells in us. What we await is the appearance of this in glory. Jesus Christ is in you. Jesus Christ is not coming for you. Jesus Christ is already in you. What is awaiting is the appearance of this reality. These realities are ours in the spirit but there is a time that is coming when these realities shall manifest in the physical which is the glorification. Let me show you something in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 to nail the teaching to put the teaching in per- Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. Very important scripture that Paul writes to us. When Christ with our life appears how does he appear? 
Christ is already in us. We manifest him every day the way when we walk in the spirit and manifest the gospel. But then there is the physical appearance. When Christ with our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Glory, glory, you know, the manifestation, the nature of God which is spirit. So when Christ appears, you know, actually what is away, what is remaining right now is for the Christ to appear. For the body of Christ and the head to appear, the one man to appear physically, the glorified man, you know, the spiritual man, the perfect man. And how does he look like? Go with me to Revelation. There is a time that John had a revelation of how the glorified Jesus looks like. And he puts this, he, he puts, you know, he explains it in these words. I'm sure we can explain it better or we can at least grasp what it means to be a glorified man. So John says, he says, you know, then I turned, Revelation chapter 1 from verse 12, John says, then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the son of man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and guarded about, about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, and white as snow, his eyes like flame of fire, his feet were like fine brass, and as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. You know, this is just a small description. I'm sure when you read it and envision it in your mind, you'll try to understand, and you'll realize that this is not the Jesus that had come in the flesh. This is not the Jesus that they crucified. This is the glorified Jesus. So when we talk about glorification and we know as he is, we are. And we know that he is the firstborn from the dead and the first fruit of the resurrected. And we know that he is the head and we are the body. So whatever has happened to the head or how the head looks like is the way we shall be. Then we understand what it means to be glorified. The spiritual body, that is how it will look like. It has no relationship with this natural body. You see, the eyes are like flame of fire, you know. You're already trying to see what the glorified body looks like. And that is what is coming. You see, Jesus Christ is here. Jesus Christ indwells his church. Jesus Christ is in you when you believed. We are not seated here waiting for Jesus to come. Jesus is already here. He is in us. And then he says, we were raised from death and we are seated in the heavenly places in Christ at the right hand of the Father. So we are all one man in Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father. So we are one. There is nothing like Jesus will appear in the cloud and I will be here and then we'll... No, we are one man. So what happens, what remains is for the appearance of this reality, for the world to see, you know, for it to be made visible spiritually. There are so many spiritual realities that we talk about that we haven't seen with our carnal eyes. But a time is coming when the world we understand what we try to say when we say it. We are as Christ is. So many times when you tell people we are as Christ is, they, they wonder what we mean since we, we just have this body. We just eat this food. We walk on this land. But the truth is it is a reality that only the body, the body has has you know, has stopped that reality from being manifested. But the day that we shall put on our glorified body, our perfect body, then men will, will now understand, wow. So there is a difference. There is something about this spiritual man. Look at their eyes. It's like flame of fire. Look at their feet. Look at them. There is something more because they are spiritual men. And that is who we are. We are only in this body for the finishing of the works of Jesus here on earth, for us to manifest it. But a time will come when all this we shall put to end. 
and we shall put on our glorified body and we shall be one man in God. You know, it is written in 1 Corinthians 15 when Jesus shall hand over. Yeah, there is a time that is coming when he shall literally hand over and it's written that he shall be swallowed up and we shall be one man. This is a teaching for another day. You may not be ready, but I understand it is clear so far. So as a son of God, your focus should not be on meeting Jesus in the clouds. Your focus should be in manifesting the Christ in you, the hope of glory. Your focus should be in learning and knowing Christ until you come to the fullness of the stature of man in Christ. Your focus should be to manifest this Christ. No, have no worry or fear about glorification. Whatever it will happen, however it will happen, the fact that you have the Holy Spirit in you is guarantee. So rest in that guarantee and let the works of God go as you already ordained them from the beginning, you know. So rest in Christ, manifest in Christ. I hope this teaching has blessed you. Thank you so much. Have a great evening ahead. Thank you.